Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Hello, welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. I am the Batman, except I'm not. No, I am the Batman. I am the Batman! Okay, you're the Batman. Yay! Maggie is the Batman. <laughs> I'm Chrissy McQueen. Justin Winters is the other person purporting to be Batman. But really, let's be honest, it's our dog Maggie. <laughs> She's black. It works out. She doesn't have to like put on a suit. She is the Batman. You may have gathered that we are going to be covering Batman <laughs> in this week's podcast. All three movies with an emphasis on the first and the last as the bookends, because I had already seen The Dark Knight, as in the middle movie. Uh, Justin, Mm -hmm. this was kind of like one of those things where we sit down and you're like, all right, we're going to watch all three movies to gear up for this. Get excited. And usually I'm like, oh, great, another trilogy that I have to sit through for a whole weekend. Guess what? Didn't happen this time. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am surprised that I had never seen Batman Begins, and that's coming from the person who actually didn't see it, so I'm surprised with myself, which is a little weird. But, um... <sighs> okay. I'm not sure where to begin on this one. <laughs> okay. Batman Begins, I feel like that almost could have been released, and then maybe I'm wrong. I was going to say, it could have been released, like, after The Dark Knight as, like, a prequel, because it almost feels like it prequel. Yeah, I'm not making any sense. Word vomit! (laughs) Let's start over. Okay. Why did you want me to see this? Let's start there. (laughs) Why did I want you to see it? Yeah. Because it was the first in the trilogy, and you'd only seen the second movie, so... Didn't it have a prequel feel to it, though? I mean, I'm maybe not wording it very well, but it felt almost like... Well, it was the, like, the origin story for this incarnation of Batman, so... I think I know why I feel this way. I just figured it out. Usually, uh, origin stories tend to be, at least in my opinion... The best of the trilogy, if it's a trilogy, or if it's more than that, you know, the the original movie is usually the best one, and then there are some other good sequels that come after it, you know, maybe one or two that are the better of all of them in the canon, but usually it's like the first one. Okay. Back to the Future is a good example. Back to the Future, as in the first movie, is the best. Yes? Well... I would, say, I would say yes to that. Well, clearly. It's only my favorite movie of all time, Chrissy. <laughs> right, but I'm using it as an example. Whereas, if you look at, like, Star Wars and stuff like that, um, when they started coming out with the prequel movies, it was like, I don't care if it's an origin story, it makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it depends on what you're talking about. I don't think it's a hard, fast rule. You're right. It's not a hard, fast rule, but I think that's why... 
I get the prequel sort of vibe from um, Batman Begins because it feels like it wasn't the best of the three movies. Didn't you say the prequel is usually the best one? No, I said the origin story is usually the best one, which is why, as I, you know... Which you, Batman Begins is? I understand that. But it... Fe- why am I not phrasing this well? I'm trying to say that generally... Because pre- you're 38 weeks pregnant? That's probably it. <laughs> ding, ding! <laughs> I am trying to say that prequels that are shot after the fact and then inserted as if to say, this happened before, by the way tend to not be as good, and this kind of feels like that, even though it wasn't that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but All right, I you, just, you just tell me what you thought of that. Katie again. Holmes is party. <laughs> that I agree with. <laughs> and this was, um, this was before she was, uh... Mrs. Tom Cruise? Good. I think it came out right around the time she became... I, no, I think so. I, I asked you, in fact. I was like, was this 2004, 2005? Because that makes a difference. So it's like, this is before she was sullied, pretty much. Oh, This is like when she was still overcoming being Joey Potter. Oh, Joey Potter. With her crooked half smile. Oh, that's the first thing you talk about. Like, I was trying to get just a general reaction to the movie. You were like, Katie Holmes is pretty. No, I was, oh, I was trying to give you this whole, like, convoluted <laughs> thing, and it wasn't making sense, so then I dumbed it down. For myself, not for the audience, because clearly the audience is smarter than me. Okay. Anyway. Um, I sometimes get lost in the details. Okay, that's true. (laughs) A little bit. Just saying. So, I was getting caught up on all the little things, like, wait a minute. How did they manufacture that suit to be like that? Or, like... I know it's for the army, but, like, why is Lucius Fox, like, still working on it then if they decided they weren't going to use it? Like, I'm getting lost in all these little things, even though the movie is rolling along and, the you know, plot points are going. And I'm, like, totally caught up on the stupid little stuff. Okay. Do you do that with, with these sort of movies, or is that just a me thing? Um, it all depends. Like, uh, stuff like that, I'm just like, it's a superhero movie, so... Oh. You know, that's... But then there's instances, and we'll talk about in some of the other movies, where just the plot points just don't make sense. And then it's kind of, they trip up each other, and you're just like, what? Okay, so let's talk about the characters for a minute. Okay. Christian Bale. There are things to like and hate about all of them, I think. To like and hate about all the characters? Yeah. Okay. Nobody is, you know, completely protagonistic, nor is anybody except for the really bad people antagonistic. And by the really bad people, I mean like the mob. The mob? Mob, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. The mob. All right. Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Where is this going? We were going to talk about the characters. Okay, go. Okay. Christian Bale. Uh Uh-huh. Not to be confused with Kristen Bell and Justin's accent, because she was not in this movie. Okay. I can't decide whether I feel sorry for him due to what happened to his family and growing up, you know, under tragic circumstances. What? Keep going. You just made, like, the worst face I've ever seen. Well, because, like, our dog just, like... Oh, something crawled up that butt and died. Sorry, people on the podcast. This is going, like, way downhill. We should probably just start over at this point. 
But so Bruce wow. Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bell in these movies, is definitely a complicated character. Yeah. Um, and uh, in this trilogy of Batman films, as opposed to the other ones, I think um, uh, the filmmakers, meaning like Christopher Nolan and the writers and stuff. I think they're more attuned to telling his character arc and his story than actually Batman. Yes, I agree. And I'm not sure if they, what I was getting at is I'm not sure if they wanted us to feel sorry for him or not. I mean, in a way, you, you kind of can't help but because of what happened to him during well, we his childhood. Him. You're well, like, ha kid, your parents are dead. No, but, <laughs> it, well, but like Batman is, you know, a strong character. Well, all superheroes are, you know, that's why they're super. But there's something especially vulnerable about a, an adult character who is suffering based on something catastrophic that happened to him in his childhood. Yes. So I'm not sure if that made me like want him to succeed all that much more or be like, all right, stop compensating Batman. You know, let's get into some talk therapy and talk about what happened to mommy and daddy because not everybody who's their parents has to grow up and put on some tights. Revenge. Reven- right, but then there's that whole theme of, like, is it revenge or is it justice? Mm-hmm. That's really explored more in the second movie, but... Yeah, in, uh, in the whole trilogy, there's lots of big themes with a capital V. <laughs> with a capital V? V. Capital Not the T. capital me, just the capital fee. Themes. <laughs> themes. Themes. Um, yeah, but- <laughs> you're right. Where are you going with this? I don't know, you're confusing me, man. <laughs> Why am I confusing you? Let's go back to Katie Holmes' is pretty. <laughs> oh, we are waiting in the shallow end of this week. No, but uh, I think Batman Begins is a strong origin story because it actually takes the time to um, set up Bruce Wayne um, and his character and why he actually (laughs) wants to become Batman, as opposed to some superhero movies where it's just like they rush through like the first 15 minutes. It's like, oh, he's, you know... Spider-Man now. (laughs) Spider-Man. Like the... I know a lot of people didn't like the newest uh, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. But it actually, similar to Batman Begins, it took a lot of time to, like, set up. I appreciate um, that. Peter Parker. I like background. Um, while the original Spider-Man, while good, it kind of, it's like, he got bit by a spider, and then he starts, you know, jumping Change. around and stuff. <laughs> He's just jumping around. And then it's like, you're like, oh, I really don't, I didn't really get to know Peter Parker. Right. But this one, in Batman Begins, it's like you kind of got to know Christian Bell. Like, okay, why is he fucked up? Okay, this is why. Yeah. And this is how it affects him. And this is the journey he takes. And this is, you know. But even in that, there are some weak components. Like, the reason that he chooses the bat as the symbol is because he fell down the well and the bat scared him a little bit. That'd be like me choosing cockroaches as my symbol. Cockroach girl. Right? And people being like, ew, why cockroaches? I'm like, because I'm terrified of them. <laughs> And I think everybody else should look at me and be terrified, too. Like, that was basically his whole reason for choosing the bat. Not, like, because they're swift, because they're cunning, because they can draw blood. Like, none of that. It was just, I'm scared of bats. (laughs) And everyone else should be. 
And another big difference um, <laughs> between Batman and a lot of superheroes is he really doesn't have any superpowers at all. So he um, yeah. his main superpower is Being that he has strong. lots of money and he can, you know, uh, afford people to... Make like, cool gadgets for him. Make cool gadgets. Yeah. Like, if I wanted someone to make cool gadgets for me, I would be like, Morgan Freeman, you're my gadget guy. <laughs> Let's talk about Christian Bale's accent as back Batman because he speaks normally when he's Bruce Wayne and then he puts on the mask and all of a sudden he's Batman. And it feels more like Homer Simpson when he's like talking in a stage <laughs> whisper. Like to Marge. It's true. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> Marge, don't tell Bart that I drink all the soda. Uh, and- I'm afraid of bats. <laughs> and he get, when he gets really mad, it's not like he yells. He, like, whisper yells. Yes. With a little bit of a growl. Like, and can I say that I think that that got worse as the movies went on? Oh, yeah. Like, it, it actually wasn't... It, it was kind of subtle in Batman Begins. And then it became more like this in The Dark Knight. By the time we get to The Dark Knight Rises, it's like, let's talk about hell on Earth. Okay. I'm going to be in the pit. And it's like totally just a caricature of himself. I can only imagine if there had been a fourth movie or something, like what he sound like by then. And he like drops off certain vowels and consonants at the end. Like if you're talking about Raymond, um, or I'm not saying Raymond. Uh, I just gave it away. I was going to say, if you're talking about like Aaron Burr, it would be like, Raymond Burr, like that. The commercial. Okay. I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> oh man. Thanks for listening. Okay, back to the movies. So, all right, we get his sad, sad childhood story. We get his weird fascination with bats, and now he's gonna be Batman, apparently, because that's what all children of trauma end up growing up to do. Let's talk about his relationship. The only one that he really has with anybody other than Alfred, uh-huh. Rachel. Okay. She's a little bit self-righteous, that one. Okay, why? Her heart's in the right place, but it's all about be- drilling home the point of, you know, vengeance is not justice. You have to let the system work. The system works. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take you downtown under this bridge where people are really suffering. So you can see... Whoa, our TV just went on and it has a mind of its own. Can you turn it off? I would love to if I knew where the remote was, but I don't have it. Alas. It's in your crotch region. Good (laughs) job. Things get lost up there, guys. Uh, So sorry about that interlude. Maybe you enjoyed it. Um... Sure. I mean, I think we're, like, really, like, slowing things down here. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, uh... (laughs) As a character, I mean, it's almost... Not only did it change actresses, but she almost changed a little bit from the first movie to the second movie. Yes, absolutely. Um... She grew up. (laughs) She grew up. She got older. (laughs) No, she did. Like, she... But, I mean, she grew up. She became more mature. Became... I hate to say it, but less about her idealism and more about, you know, making making things work for Gotham. So, let's quickly just, because it's already getting hot in here, uh, I, want you, I want you to compare... 
Nobody understands what you mean by that. By the way, like it's already getting hot. In temperature, here. like temperature, it's hot in this I, room. I understand that, but the people listening don't understand well, why you're. Well, I just voiced that. it, Chrissy. But like, why does that? Okay, go on. Why does it matter? Yeah. Because when it's eighty degrees, it's it's stifling and hard to talk. Okay. <laughs> I want you to just compare Batman Begins to Dark Knight in your like. Which one do you enjoy more? Why did you enjoy it more? Oh, okay. Well, blah, clearly, blah, blah. Dark Knight is the superior of the two movies. Okay. Um, although I appreciate everything we mentioned as far as them setting up the character of uh, Bruce Wayne and why he wants to become Batman. Mm-hmm. It, it's not all about him in the Dark Knight. I mean, it is, but it's not. And Heath Ledger steals the show. Everybody knows that, obviously. And, and the accolades that he was given um, posthumously weren't given just because he died. And sometimes I think that happens with movies where, you know, a great actor dies and they go, well, we're going to give him the award because he died. And I, this was very well-deserved, the Best Supporting Actor um, Oscar, that is. And, and I think, I'm not possible, but I think he won the Golden Globe. Who cares about Golden Globes? I'm just illustrating a point. It was a well-deserved accolade. And in the first movie, it was more about, like, when he... The, the big bad being um, the guy from the... What is it, The League of Shadows. Raza Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. He wasn't so much of a big bad to me as Heath Ledger's Joker was. Because in the first one, it was more about a personal thing. I mean, I know he wanted to, you know, get rid of the city and bring it to its knees. Mm-hmm. But his motives were kind of murky. Okay. It was like, you know, there's, there isn't a morality in the city, so we need to start over. And I'm pissed off at, at Christian Bale. Like, it was kind of like that. Whereas the Joker is a scarier villain because it's random. Like, he's, he's into chaos for chaos's sake. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly entertaining to watch him be that person because also he's not so befuddled by his own um, need to bring down something. A lot of villains in these movies, they're just so like brought to their own knees by their need to succeed and bring down the whatever it is they want to bring down, in this case Gotham. He was just kind of in it for the fun of the chaos. Yes. And... The, the very nature of chaos is that you don't know where it's going, you don't know what it's doing, or how catastrophic it will or won't be, and it made that movie very interesting to watch. I agree. Ta-da! <laughs> See, sometimes that can make sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like Batman Begins, but I love The Dark Knight. For the same reasons, or? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it. it I mean... People have talked about this movie forever now, but yeah. it, it tr- obviously transcended the superhero movie into a way where it was just. Um, I mean, people have been throwing the word masterpiece around this new movie, but no, Dark Knight was definitely a masterpiece. I agree. And although it was like what two two hours and forty minutes, it like flew by because the momentum was like. Kept going, building, building, and building. <laughs> I just have a problem with talking about that building momentum. Really? Anyway, but and then the set pieces um, involving the Joker. I mean, the the opening thing with the, the bank uh, robbery. Um, oh, that was the was, best opening sequence ever. Was highly memorable, and then um, everything with like the the fairies and. The, the one guy who says he knows who Batman is and 
the Joker decides to put a hit on that guy. Like, stuff like that. The Joker is interesting because he gives people choices. Yes. And um, he he shares with Harvey Dent the whole leaving certain things up to chance motif. Yes. And, um, and Dent is also an interesting character because you see how... He goes from being not just the White Knight to turning um, into Two-Face, but how he views chance and fate and how those views, I can't say change because they don't. They evolve and they become a more sinister version of themselves. And how he clashes with the Joker's view of, you know, anarchy and... Yeah. Anyway. Is it wrong to say I almost wanted them to win? Really? In a way. Because they're that good. What a douche you are. And you were happy that his pa- that Bruce Wayne's parents died? I didn't say that. <laughs> I never said that. I said Rachel is self-righteous. And Katie Holmes is party. Um, has a great chase sequence. The the whole um, Joker on the truck. And oh, Batman yeah. Batman on his Batpod thing. and Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, that whole movie was just like... Excellent. Oh, so And then good. when when it becomes apparent that um, they have to choose who to save between Harvey Dent and Rachel, and you automatically assume, because it's Bruce Wayne and he's in love with Rachel, that it'll be Rachel who gets saved. And then when it's not, it's just like, oh, and you don't even have time to take that gasp because she's dead like a minute later. And how Joker gets caught, but he means to get caught, and he escapes, and yeah. he goes to the hospital thing. Like, it's just like, I don't know. This whole thing is just really excellent. And I mean, and I hate to, like, especially given what what's happened in the news, I hate to call anybody who is crazy like that a genius, but his villain was a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, certainly that doesn't excuse in real life people going crazy in movie theaters or anything remotely like that in the name of, quote, chaos. I didn't want people to get the wrong idea based on what I was saying. (laughs) When I was like, I wanted him to win. I don't mean it like that. Not really. So anyway, like, I I think we can both say Dark Knight was like a A plus material all the way. And um, Batman Begins is more like, like a B. A minus, B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A good movie in and of itself, but not as good as what came after it. Which is why it feels like a prequel. <laughs> I still understand this prequel thing. I, I give up. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to this new movie, man. The Dark Knight Rises. Indeed. Yes. Justin, why don't we just very briefly touched on it, but I have to ask. hmm Were you at all scared going into this screening? Like, something bad is going to happen. Was I scared? Yeah. Uh, no. No, I wasn't scared. I mean, obviously, I thought about it, but... Yeah. I just... It just... I don't know. Like, it it really... It's just really, really depressing. Really depressing. I mean, obviously, it's horrific and all, but to see someone just, like, total disregard for any other living human at all. It's just like... And, and then to have it happen in the sanctuary of of my youth, a movie theater, it was yeah. just like... I don't know. I think that, you know, um, I read Christopher Nolan's statement afterward, and I agree with him wholeheartedly in that 
movies are supposed to be a shared experience, you know. And I hate to say it, but as we're getting more technologically advanced, we're kind of dwindling in terms of how many shared experiences we really have. You know, we're not getting out as much. We're not doing team sports or, you know, you know, necessarily doing social things like we used to because we're all in front of our laptops, you know, on Facebook. And going to the theater is one of, like, the last big shared experiences that we all still partake in. And for somebody to just, like, basically rape us in the face about it, it's... I mean, that's not even... That's not even strong enough. It just is... It's horrible. Totally. And clear... And I mean that is that it's horrible for us as a society... But on a, a micro level, as opposed to macro, it's to the umpteenth degree heinous and so much worse what happened to those people's lives and those families. I mean, the shared experience thing is sad, yes, but really that, the just the loss of one life is sad, but a dozen plus, you know, 60-something more injured on top of that, that's... I don't even really have the words. I, I'm so sad for those people. Yes. So, going into it, obviously I was uber excited. Yes. Would you agree? Oh, you were looking forward to this <laughs> for so long. He actually, like, would talk to my belly and be like, Okay, Brooklyn, stay in until after July 21. And I'm like, alright, what's happening that? Robbie's birthday? You're like, no! I mean, yes, but no, I'm really talking about the Batman movie! <laughs> like, that's why he wanted our daughter to not be born. Just so he could make sure that we got to go to the theater. What's wrong with that, man? I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I'm illustrating your character for the people. Well, um, I don't know. Batman, <laughs> as a kid, I mean, the first Batman series was, like, really huge to me as a kid. Like, the first one came like out... the 60s? Huh? The 60s one? Bam! Pow! That one? That wasn't a series. That was one movie. And that was, yeah. I think, was, I don't no, know. come on. What was the thing then? In black and white that we saw on Nick at Night? I'm talking about movies. No, I'm not talking about TV. Oh. Yeah. I'm talking about the Tim Burton films. Batman with uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. I never saw those. Yes, you saw the first one. We watched it for this podcast. Nuh-uh. Yes, we did. We did? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, we watched it. Uh, uh, the Green Hornet, I think, was the pairing. Was though. Nicole Kidman in that? Yes. Really? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so that movie came out. I was seeing my birthday when I was nine. And then I had, like, all the shirts and, like, the Batman Converses. And, of course you did. <laughs> anyway, it's, it was ingrained in me. So... After that, you know, the first two movies were great. The next couple movies weren't, weren't as great, you know. And then the Nolan movies came out, and they were good and excellent. And then this one, I was just like, yes, another one, finally. I hope he ends it well. Yeah, I can't wait. And then, you know, this catastrophe happened in, in Colorado, and I was just like, oh, man. Oh. So I was just, like, totally conflicted going in and just, like, just happy that I could finally watch it and just see how it was actually going to be. Right, but of course sad over what literally just happened. Of course. Of course. I don't know how anyone other than that fucktard could be happy about what happened. People are assholes. So you'd be surprised. I don't know. Man. Anyway. 
Um, yeah, so I'm glad that you were able to retain some element of excitement, though, going in, even after the brutality of, the, of what happened, because you were looking forward to it so very much. Mm-hmm. Did it live up to your expectations? No. Oh, burn. Oh, man. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm trying to, let's, let's see, how can I... I was... If I say I was crushed, but I was definitely moderately disappointed. I think that you almost can't help but be moderately disappointed when you build something up so much as you had built this up. But I don't think I was moderately disappointed for no reason at all, just because I built it up so much. I think I had plenty enough reason for to. And not only that, I went to see, we went to see it yesterday on, what was Sunday? Yes. And I was so morally disappointed, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't, like... Selling it short? Selling it short, or just, like, totally blinded by, I don't know, what? First time, you know, I don't know. So I went to see it again today by myself, just to make sure. And I was like, nope, uh, you know, I was still disappointed. Justin had this thing, right, where we we Uh, exit the theater... And we went, we went with a couple of friends. We went with our friends Allison and Evan. And me and Allison and Evan are all kind of discussing it. And we were all basically on the same page. And we inquire as to whether or not Justin agrees or disagrees or if he wants to weigh in. And he is the quietest he has ever been. But he, I can tell, doesn't want me to know his opinion because he wants to save it for the big show. Whatever. So if he's you, like, you know me. And you know that if I would have loved it, I would have been like, Yes! Well, that's what I thought. And then today, you surprised me. Mm-hmm. I got out of the shower and you were like, so I'm thinking of going to the theater to watch The Dark Knight Rises again. <laughs> you don't want to come with me. And I was like, uh, I mean, I would like to come with you. I'm just not sure I want to see it again the very next day. And you're like, no, I need to go before the podcast. I didn't and, say it like Yes, that. you did. And I was like, okay, wait, are you saying that you need to go and see it again right away because, like, you loved it that much? Or because, like, you're not sure about it and you need to see it again? I asked you that and you were like... I just need to see it again. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. And you wouldn't tell me anything as far as your opinion. Oh, man. So, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> For you. Morally disappointing, man. This is your Hunger Games. This is how I felt after the Hunger Games. What? I was excited about the Hunger Games, too. I was, too. But remember how I had that, like, laundry list of things that, like, bugged me a little bit after after the Hunger Games? Because I so looked forward to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Anyway. Um, yeah, man. I was just disappointed. Okay. We have to delve into why, though. Why? No, this is the end. (laughs) Don't put that on Rotten Tomatoes. It'll end badly for you. Uh, See, more womp womp sadness. Yeah, screw those people, man. What is wrong with people? I don't know. And and especially because people were, like, threatening critics. This is, like, before the movie came out. I'm like, what? At least what? You see the movie first and then render your own opinion. See? And, and, and even though I was mildly disappointed with it, it doesn't mean I hated it. Um, and it doesn't mean that I'm one of those assholes that's like, you're wrong and I'm right. This movie sucks and, you know, you shouldn't think it's the, you know, the bee's knees or whatever. The bee's knees. I was just really just like, and obviously I went in with like the highest expectations and <laughs> Like, every movie that I go see, even if it's, like, some stupid Adam Sandler movie, I want it to be awesome, because I don't want to come out thinking, 
shit, that was a waste of, you know, a lot of money for hitting the Yeah, LA. Justin, we really want to go see Jack and Jill and think, this is going to be awesome. No, shit like that, I just don't go see it at all. Because <laughs> it's just a waste of time. But you know what? Can I just be honest for a minute? What? This sort of crap just doesn't happen with Titanic fans. Like, you don't see people being like, if you give Titanic a bad review, I'm going to find you and kill you. No, but Chrissy's like, how can you not, like... How can you not love Titanic and think it's the best movie ever? You are just... Something is wrong with you. Uh-uh. I never said, how could you not think it's the best movie ever? I said, though, how can you not see the merit? Anyway, so Dark Knight Rises. Here's <laughs> here's my main overarching beefs with, with this movie. School us, Justin. Number one, it's, I guess, similarly as long as the Dark, the Dark Knight, but it seems twice as long. It has. It seems really it long. Bloated yeah. within an inch of its life. The whole middle portion of the movie, I'm just like, holy shit, this is never going to end. <laughs> um, number two, um, as we talked about uh, at the beginning, we're like uh, Christopher Nolan is really big on themes with a capital Th. Th. <laughs> and I just think in this movie, it's just like I think they're going towards themes. But never reaching them, or it was so muddled that I just didn't understand what they were saying. There was a lot going on. Number, and then that's number three. It, it being so long, and it being, being so characters, and there being so many like plot points, and like this happens, and then this happens, and I was just like, how in the world? Like, what happens is just like understanding the story or what's yeah. going on. It's very, very dense, and not in the way that Inception is dense. Inception was dense in such a way that when you were done, you wanted to watch it again, not to make sure that you weren't crazy for not loving it the first time, but because you wanted to make sure that there wasn't something you missed. Or you got the feeling that there was, and you were intrigued and wanted to know like what it was that you had missed. The, the Dark Knight Rises is dense in a different way. It's got, exactly as Justin said, it's bloated, and it's got too, almost too much going on, you know? It's like, all right, we're at a party, and then... There's Anne Hathaway, and she's a thief. But wait a minute, she's Catwoman, but that's never really explained. And then now, wait a minute, there's a big battle, and now Bruce Wayne is going to be back to being Batman because he's decided that he needs to get back in shape and be this part. Oh, wait a second, now something else is going. It's like every five seconds it takes a new turn, and not in a good way like a maze. It's like Jenga. It builds on top of itself and builds and builds and builds, and like you, they, and they take out pieces all the time, and the whole thing's going to fall down. And... And, yes, I agree. Totally what you're saying. Really? <laughs> and in the way that there's... The, the momentum builds in the Dark Knight. In the Dark Knight Rises, the momentum would build, and then it would just drop off for, like, 30 minutes. And then it would build a little bit and come back, and you're just like, what is going on? I, I had, like... I don't know. I was just so... <laughs> I really stand by my Jenga thing. Now, the more I think about it, this movie is Jenga. I wish you would have been in my inside, inside my head yesterday when we first saw it. I was just like, I was like, I was like, okay, that's not a bad beginning. And then like he gets like 15, right. 30 minutes in. I'm just like, okay, this is not going well. Hopefully it picks back up. And then it got deeper, deeper. I'm like, oh man, this sucks. By the time we got to the point where Bruce Wayne is in the hole, I, and I thought of this when we were watching it, I was like, I can't remember how this movie began. <laughs> I can't remember anything before 15 minutes ago. Like, it just feels so long. 
I mean, that's the main problem. It's convoluted. Even though it's long, if you can't, like, sit someone down and in five minutes or less try to explain the plot to them, there's something seriously wrong in the movie. And I don't think I could do it in this movie. Because said I'm... the fan of Lost. Well, Lost is a whole different... <laughs> Exception bit... to the rules. That's, that's, a, that's a, like a, a six-season... That's huge. This is a, just watch this recap episode, and then you'll understand everything. This is one... Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, man. I was just like... All right, I'm so, still disappointed, man. I know, I can tell you shaking your head. Okay, Ugh. so bloated. Too yeah. much going on. Yes. Um, dense. Dense. Um, uh, you, you don't understand a lot of what's going on. And that's compounded by the fact that you have... One, a protagonist who is, like, you thought he was mopey in the first two movies. Oh, my God. He becomes super mopey in this one. I've never seen... He's too big for his britches. And being a Batman fan, I'm just like, this is not Batman. This is not how he's supposed to be. Like, he's not supposed to be, at the beginning of the movie, like... I mean, what, he took... He was Batman for, like, two years, and then he took eight years off? Yeah. And he's still, like, limping around like he's Howard Hughes? I'm like, <laughs> I thought of that. This is bullshit. What the f- and then you have um, Alfred, who's, like, having crying fits all the time, and, like, he just, like, takes, like, a... I mean, he just disappears for half the movie. I'm like, what? That's not Alfred. He's just, like, kick Bruce Wayne's ass and, like... Ugh. And basically, Morgan Freeman's whole reason he was there was to say things like, well, the company doesn't have any money anymore, but hey, I can I have all these cool new gadgets for you, and here's like a wink-nod line to the first movie. Um, but going back to like, you can't understand half of what the plot's going on. So you got Mopey Batman, who <laughs> whispered growls, so sometimes you understand what he's saying, sometimes you don't. And then you have Bane, who is... Like, uh, he's like a com- combination between Sean Connery and Scooby Doo with his voice, and you you understand like sixty percent of what he says. He made me think so much of the guy on Saturday Night Live. We always reference this. Remember the oh yeah that guy, but with like a mask on. Like if you muffled that guy's voice, it would sound a little bit like Bane. Oh, I mean, would you? And I love Tom Hardy. You're talking about not understanding, like, Raza Ghoul's plan. Like, oh, yeah. three or four times during this movie, I'm like, so what's Bane's plan again? Well, that's just it. I think there was a lot of misdirection, and it wasn't well done. Because we, we as an audience were intentionally misdirected as to, what you know, what Bane's plan was. Eventually, whether or not he was the real villain. And whether, and then thirdly, whether we should feel sorry for him or empathy. So, I mean, when you can't only understand 60% of what he says and, you know, he's trying to expound his intentions, things are going to get lost. Oh, you want to? Okay. That, I'm so glad you said that. Talk about things getting lost. So, you went to go see this movie again and I thought to myself, I'm just going to read a plot synopsis to make sure that it makes sense what I'm already thinking and I can, you know, glean some insight onto the things that I missed because I'm sure I missed things. I missed things anyway. Yes. And I... Oh, God. First of all, it was a long synopsis on the Internet Movie Database. But um, right away, they start talking about the beginning with the with the plane and Bane's people getting on, you know, uh, on the plane and then a bigger plane overtakes it. It was cool. when We saw it isolated as as a teaser trailer in front of another movie before we knew anything about this and like what was going on. It seemed like, ooh, this is like another one of those heist openings, except not a heist because, you know, they're in the air and there's no 
think. But, you know, something along those vibes. Now, having seen the whole movie, I return to that whole first thing. I'm like, what was the point of that? That doesn't even really make sense other than to kidnap the scientist, which I didn't even get until I read the plot synopsis and went, oh, that's what that whole blood transfusion thing was that they did in the air. Well, number one, who are these CIA guys? Are they, like, the worst CIA guys ever? Yeah. To let just these, like, hooded guys on their CIA plane without even, like, you know, checking under the hood to see who they are first? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, they didn't I know? Mean, even, like, shady scientist guys, like, I, those aren't my friends. <laughs> so you just let them on the plane, you know? Oh, yeah, these are the guys who are trying to take down the mass man. All right, well, let's, like, at least check their IDs or something before, you know? <laughs> No, it's absolutely true. It and then, sense. okay, you're on your plane, and it all starts shaking, and a huge-ass plane comes up. So, you're saying, who are these CIA pilot guys? They don't know that there's a huge-ass plane, like, right above them? There's no, like, radar or shit like that? It's all the flight plan people. Uh, File one. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but it, it's... There's so the, there's several, you know, times... Like that, yeah. Plot holes where you're just like... And the biggest uh, example of a pothole throughout this movie is, it kind of reminds me of, uh, what's that Matt Damon movie, The Green Zone? You remember my huge <laughs> thing with The Green Zone where I was like, how did, yeah. that, how did that one guy get five miles in like 15 minutes by foot? <laughs> throughout this movie, there's like, wait a minute, how did that person get there? Logic leaps. The last 20 minutes with Batman, I was just like, okay, number one, okay, so you got... <laughs> He got out of the pit. He got out of the hole, which we, we know is, like, in an ancient land. Yeah. How did he get from the hole back to on this island? How did he do that? Yeah. Okay, when he got out of the island, how did he get to, like, five different locations in, like, 20 minutes um, and save all these people and then, like, light this, like, bat signal up <laughs> and, and, like, settle all this estate shit before he disappears? I'm like... He's amazing, but he's not that amazing. Like, what? He just didn't have the time. Yeah, you're right. He didn't have the time to do all that. I just didn't understand. Especially without the help of... uh, Because at that point, he wasn't in contact with either Morgan Freeman or Michael Caine. So he was really on his own, which he had never been. He didn't even know how to get inside his own mansion halfway through the movie. And you're going to tell me that he did all of that in the last 15 minutes? So not only was he, (laughs) like extraterrestrial or a ghost or sometimes like he could just like move extremely fast um he's and, one of the vampires in true blood basically and he was, and he was super mopey um he was one of the vampires in true blood basically well oh he had um, his decision making skills were like at zero percent throughout this whole movie like there were only two women in this whole movie like Apparently, all the women disappeared from the island as well, because the only two women that had really speaking roles were the main two women. Anne Hathaway and Marianne Coutillard. And I don't know if, like, Christopher Nolan is just like, you should never trust women at all, but that's what I take from this movie, because you just never trust a woman at all. Actually, well, let's let's boil it down to even simpler terms, shall we? And this is a spoiler alert. Because they were like... Screw you over, and then continue to screw you over. I think over. the moral of the story... And then you'll just, like, screw over one of them out of the blue, because, like, she shows up to your house in the rain, and you're like... All right. And you guys just meet? I mean, this is yeah. kind of quick. Well, I was... Okay, so here's... Uh, cover your ears for the next ten seconds while I reveal this one little spoiler, and then you can come back. So, ready? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm letting... People are excited about this, so I'm letting them know. I, you were saying um, that, you know, it's like, don't trust women and stuff like that, Christopher Nolan. 
I think it's really don't trust Marion Cotillard. <laughs> like don't trust Anne Hathaway. This well, yeah, but, but we have. But specifically, she. You can listen now, by the way, because two movies in a row now: Inception and now this one. She is the bad driving force. Well, she, she. I mean, okay, I agree with that, but also. One of the big drive, uh, bad driving forces in this movie is Catwoman in this movie. Like, yeah. for some reason, and we'll talk about that at the end, she's not at the end, but she screws over Bruce Wayne twice really badly. Really badly. Like, pretty much should have caused his death twice. And then at the end, he's just like, oh, whatever, we're cool. I trust you. And she's like, really? You trust me? Even She's even incredulous. You trust me? Now, as a character, like, I was just like, I just didn't know her intentions or why Bruce Wayne would trust her. But, I mean, she was pretty much the funnest part about the movie. Played by Anne Anne Hathaway, who, oh my god. I'm sorry, guys. It's just getting worse and worse. I think our dogs died during... (laughs) <laughs> during this podcast. Oh, I don't smell it yet. So. Oh, jeez. I thought you were saying, oh, oh now I do. <laughs> oh. oh. I thought you were saying, oh, my God, about, like, Anne Hathaway. You're gonna, you were, like, going to be like, oh, my God, she's so hot. Instead, so it was, oh, my God, I'm dying. Dude, she looked great in a rubber suit this movie. <laughs> but, yeah, she, like, I don't know. It was just so <laughs> disappointing and random. Oh, Jesus, that smells horrible. What happened? <laughs> um... So, yeah, I think she, her character, although confusing as to her intentions and why Bruce Wayne would trust her, was the best part of this movie. Um, we talked talk about Bruce Wayne, his mopiness. Bane <laughs> couldn't understand him, didn't really understand his plan. Um, Will you tell me about Because I can't, I can't remember if it was... We've seen so many movies, and I can't remember if it was like The Lord of the Rings or what trilogy did this. But what movie was it that we saw, or trilogy of movies that we saw recently... Wherein, Sorry, guys, I had to open a window. That's okay. Wherein, well, we just died in the middle of, of doing the podcast. <laughs> that would be it. Well, we'd never get posted because, like, they would just keep recording. Um, no, somebody would come and be like, this needs to be put out for the world <laughs> oh, so they understand. They, and then people listening are like, this is like Jenga. It's really bad. Um, oh, God. I'm dying of chemical warfare over what here. What are you saying? Hurry up. I can't remember because I'm, my brain is being fogged up. Okay, um... Oh, I don't remember. I will revisit it, if it's important enough. It'll occur to me. There are actual crickets in the background! (laughs) I just wanted to point that out. So I said Catwoman might be the best part about this movie. What do you... What what are the parts that you like? Another reason, like... Like, obviously you come out of Batman Begins and you're like, Yes, that was a great start. And then you come out of Dark Knight and you're like... Yes, yes, that was awesome. You come out of this year like wah wah. Well, you were like wah wah. I was like mm, confused. Um, I actually liked the big reveal that um, Marion was bad, mm-hmm. and um, how she was the child who managed to climb out of the hole, and that whole story reveal. And Bane was like her protector. It was different. It was interesting. Um. And I and I think also the reason I enjoyed it is because I I had an idea earlier when she and Bruce Wayne first hooked up in the mansion mm-hmm. and she had that scar yeah and she had the scar on her back uh-huh. and he was like oh what's this and she was like something from a long time ago I was like she's bad something is wrong and I remembered the little symbol it looked almost like a little flying bird or like a V 
And I noticed that every time um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which, by the way, is a saving grace of this movie, um, when they are in the streets trying to figure out which tanker truck has the nuclear bomb on it, they, like, make marks on the walls. Mm -hmm. And they're making that same little, like, little V that she has tattooed on her back. And because I get so caught up in details, I I, I noticed that, and I was like... (gasps) Wasn't that, like, a bat symbol? Wasn't he drawing, like, a bat symbol? I didn't know that it was necessarily a bat. It looked more like, truly like when you're a kid and you can't draw birds, they look like M's. So what are you saying? He was like making all these signals, uh, drawing all these like, I'm going to draw what's on the back of Marianne's courtyard all over the city. <laughs> well, no, it was it was um, a symbol of um, Bane. And so, and, and Why was Joseph Gordon-Levitt going around drawing six Bane symbols all over the place. No, just it, it was um, to signal where the truck had traveled and where his like little army had been. It was a no. tracking. He uses a tracking thing, if I'm not mistaken. No, I might that's be. not how it started. It started because he was at the boys' home and that kid was drawing it on the like the not the ground, but like the place they were sitting. He was drawing. Oh well, it. then well then. And he's like, "Do you think he's coming back?" Like every time that orphan uh, like popped up, he's like, "Is he coming back?" I'm like, "Shut up, orphan." Well, then maybe I'm an idiot savant because I saw that and misinterpreted it and went, "Oh my god, Marianne Cotillard is with him and he she's bad." <laughs> like seriously, because apparently I made a connection that didn't even exist, but I still arrived to the correct answer. I mean, I don't know for sure. I assume that's where she was scratched while she was in the hole. <laughs> Which, by the way, okay, another huge problem in this movie is that this movie has the longest uh, atomic bomb time clock in the world. (laughs) Talk about the biggest wah-wah. You're like, okay, their big plan. They've They've got this nuclear device that they... Somehow take the atomic core out, and they they know the the half life of it by like the second. <laughs> How they do that, I have no idea. But they're like, yes, this thing is going to go out in five months. <laughs> I was like, what? Jesus Christ! Hey, I think give Christian Bale time to fix his broken back. Hello. But still, like talk about that's one of the times where the momentum's like. You're like, oh, man, they just blew up half the city. Oh, five months? Anyway, let's talk about how after five months, Christian Bale does fix his back. Not just, like, fixes a broken back, by the way, but, like, is able to, like, you know, fight like he's in the WWE. And he climbs out of the hole, and everybody's cheering for him, and he doesn't throw down a rope? Yeah, he does. He does throw down a rope. For everyone else? Yes. Okay, because I didn't see him throw down a rope, but I was like, what a douchebag! They're like, yeah, he made it! He's like, guys, I don't have time. There's only 12 hours left of the bomb. Out of the five months that I spent. How am I going to find my way across the world and onto the island? Well, maybe they helped him. Who? The people that climbed ostensibly after him via the rope. How did they help him? Are they like travel agents or something? (laughs) Hey, well, that one guy was like pretty good at getting his back back in shape. (laughs) Yes, they're travel agents. Oh, Bruce Wayne, we help you. Like, is he gonna like uh, meld them together to make some kind of flying apparatus? You're a flying coach. <laughs> My favorite part where <laughs> after uh, they're, they're like, no wait, this before where he, <laughs> this movie. We, we, we just have the giggles now. Bane breaks his back. 
And then he <laughs> takes him halfway across the world to a, to an ancient land, and he puts him in this hole, and is like, you're going to lay here with your Looks broken back. Looks a lot like back. Greece, by the way. You're going to lay here with your broken back and watch this TV through yeah, two bars. where does the TV come from? I mean, the TV's there, I'm like, how does he get reception? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I assume they don't have cable, so it has to be, like, rabbit ears. <laughs> how are they getting a signal down there? How are they getting food and water, by the way, even though it was minuscule? Like, how are they getting that? I laughed um, today when I watched it when because that was like part of his whole plan is for Bane for him to watch his TV. And he like gets mad at the TV and throws it and breaks it. And I'm like, oh no! How are you going to know what's going on? Like the whole island could explode and he wouldn't have known because he broke the television. Yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how he like fixes back enough to <laughs> to climb. He, like, climbed up twice and, like, fell. fell. I'm Hard. like, did he just re-break his vertebrae? Uh, yeah, because every time he falls, he's held by the rope, but it seemed like that, that the force of the fall enough isn't, like, that the rope like was he said people, back. people died doing that. I'm like, yeah. why isn't he dead? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Bruce Wayne, he doesn't die. Um, let's go, why we, did he have that zit next to his eye the entire movie? I was like, could we not have done something about that? What is that? A boil? A zit? Like, are there not makeup artists on this movie, or is that intentional? And if it's an intentional thing, why? Well, I mean, he had eight years to develop go to a, a boil, go, go to a dermatologist or something. <laughs> I was like, that gives him. He's like, how does that? That's a telltale thing that that, that gives him away when everyone's like. Gee, who could Batman be? I've noticed that he and Bruce Wayne are never in the same place at the same time. And Batman has a, a similar boil next to his eye covered with black eyeliner. That was not Throughout the movie, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. He knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman? Or wait, how does she know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? Like, throughout the movie. Well, it's kind of obvious. Well, no. I, got, I watch it carefully for that throughout the whole time of the day. Because several times uh, later in the movie, after I, I'm pretty sure Anne Hathaway knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman, he kept, she kept talking about Batman like, your friend. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know he's the same guy. Why are you talking about his friends still? She was trying to save face, I think, and she was just playing along with him because clearly he didn't want to reveal it. It's like when somebody says, like, they're secretly gay, but they don't want to come out of the closet, and they're like... I have a friend who likes other guys, but he's afraid to come out. And you're like, oh, so you're friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but, like, you're not, you know, the other person's not prepared to say. How did, how did Bane and them know where um, the army with all, like, those vehicles were? How did they know where that was? Because they established their... Sewer network right underneath Right underneath it. it. How did they know where that was? Because apparently it was off the books, according to Morgan Freeman. Did Morgan Freeman talk? Well, no, wait. They, he, Morgan Freeman said it was off the books. By that, I'm sure he meant financially. Like, I, I don't think no, it was because like... because you remember when, when all this happened, uh, he's, uh, Bruce Wayne's like, oh my God, they're going to find it. He's like, no, it's, you know, they're not going to find it. Morgan Freeman's like... No, he, when he said they, he meant after the stock exchange thing. That he was talking specifically about that. Because the stock exchange, you know, went bust. And so he lost all his money in Wayne. And he was afraid that they were going to come after the house and then whatever residual money lay in that area. And Morgan was like, it's off the books. He meant financially. No, uh, I, I thought he said that they they didn't know where it was. Like, I'm pretty before. sure he meant financially. I mean, Chad, you saw it twice, I saw it once. But that I, that's what I got from that. Hmm. Though that still doesn't explain how Bane managed to know exactly. Okay, I got another question. Okay. How is Joseph Gordon-Levitt the only competent... Cop slash detective, other than 
Gary Oldman, but let's say... Who, Gary, by the way, isn't that competent in this movie. How is he... Like, every other cop in this movie is just the worst cop in the world. Yeah, okay. Matthew Modine's character oh. is, like, astonishingly bad. Like, I don't even know why. Why? Yeah, why? Was he just there to frustrate us as an audience? I think so. Like, like, oh, the commissioner went down into the sewer. Should we go after him? No, there might be gas down there. Right. Or, like, wait, there's Bane and all of his merry men ready to, to be taken in. I want to get the Batman. Like, let's follow him. That's more important, clearly. Anyway. And then uh, at the end, Matthew Modine's character's like, let's rush those guys with the, like, they have, we have, like, pistols and shit, and they have, like, machine guns. Let's just rush them. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's wearing white gloves and a fucking pistol in his hand. I'm like, this is going to go well for you. Oh, I remember... He, my- he dies off screen. Like, all of a sudden, he's like, ah, and then they go back to him, he's like, Ugh. Yeah, real noble. Um, I remembered my point from earlier. Do you remember how I was like, what movie was it, or trilogy of uh, that movies that we saw, where by the time it got to the third movie, the main character was just so heavy and on himself that it was just like, uh, you are a caricature of your character. No, I'm asking. What was it? I have no idea. Because, oh, I was just remembering that, and it felt like that's what happened to Christian Bale in this one. Oh, I know we were talking about... I was telling you how in, in the individual Hulk movies, Hulk was always mopey and like, blah, blah, blah. And then in the Avengers, he's like, yes, I'm a superhero. I'm going to bust ass and kick shit up. We brought up the Hunger Games briefly. I'm a little bit afraid, depending on how they do it, that by the time we get to Mockingjay, that's what's going to happen to Katniss. Because her character is kind of mopey and beaten down by the time we get there. And I'm a little bit afraid <laughs> that that's what's going to happen. Same thing as what happened in, in this movie to uh, Christian Bale. Um, so heavy. So when there's like a huge ass football game and there's all this shit going down where there might be terrorists, why do you send like 98% of police into the sewers? Yeah, what was the point of that? I mean, even when like the president is giving a speech of the State of the Union, like you at least have the joint sheets of staff or somebody in a different location in case somebody decides to blow it up. I don't know. And that was Gary uh, Gary Oldman's call, so that's mainly on him. No, Gary Oldman was not very good in this. I mean, not as an actor. I mean, his character. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember his character's name off the top of my head, so that's why I called him Gary Oldman. But he, he's... Commissioner fr- Gordon. There you go. Gordon. Gordon is frustrating. And I understand he spends a good portion of the movie in a hospital bed, so, you know, how much can he really accomplish from there? But just, like... All right, it's been eight years, and you're still hung up on this Harvey Dent shit in the beginning, and then it's like, okay, now you're in the hospital, and then you get out, and he lets Matthew Modine make him feel badly and impede his job as the commissioner. Yeah, where I'm like, really? I thought you were better than this. I thought you were about getting things done, getting things accomplished, not just being like, sigh. Oh, man. I don't know how much longer I'm talking about this movie. Anyway. You're getting more more frustrated the more you delve into it, I can tell. Uh, Let's talk about what we did like. We haven't done that. I did. I said I liked Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Um, Even though his character is, like, the only competent uh, policeman slash detective in the whole city, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. He was great. Here's a question. Do you think that, because at the end we learn that his real name is Robin, and then, you know, he, he, like, goes into the cave. Yes. Um, it's become Nightwing. Uh-huh. Do you think that in subsequent films, it like he'll 
be Robin or they somebody posed this question they were like well wait a minute the idea is that anybody can be Batman is, or is he going to like take over the Batman suit and be Batman like Robin is Batman I don't think there's going to be any more Batman movies with, Not by him, Christopher Nolan. with him in it uh, okay. just Gordon-Levitt no okay so you think like but I did like I said I wondered how um, Bruce Wayne had all this time to you know <laughs> leave, leave this coordinates you know you know, set up the boys' home. The, the, the Bruce Wayne Manor becomes the boys' home. And um, so let's talk about the ending. So the last 30 minutes are just like, just so confusing because, again, Batman is like in five different places at once. There's Gordon doing something. There's Joseph Gordon-Levin doing something. Marion Cotillard is doing something. Anne Hathaway is like rolling around. Um, Bane gets like the most uh, wonk-wonk come up at the end where... Like, he's about to kill Batman, and then Anne Hathaway's just like, and he's like, terrible, terrible. No, I was glad she came, but, like, let, how is Bane made less strong? By taking his morphine mask apart? Like, not even off, just, like, taking off a couple of, like, little hooks and screws so that he doesn't get as much morphine. Yeah, why Still gets morphine. Yeah, Mr. Moby Batman, why didn't you go for the mask first? And by the way, as somebody who has taken morphine a few times in the hospital, let me tell you, morphine's a hell of a drug. Dude, if I was a kid watching this movie, that would be the main thing that would come out. I'd be like, I want a morphine mask. I want to be like Babe. I want to be like Babe. But let me tell you, like, talk about a false impression. That's like watching a movie about heroin and then thinking like, you know, that it's going to make you go to sleep afterward because it's the exact Wait, opposite of morphine it. doesn't make you super strong? Right? It makes you be like, no, I'm taking it. Wait, oh, so it makes like you un- four days. it makes you unintelligible or you're like <laughs> it does make you vaguely unintelligible. That little boy has a great singing voice. It makes you comatose. Like, so I'm like, what? I can't even imagine if somebody put me on morphine and then told me I had to fight somebody. I'd be like, so basically, uh. if you did have the morphine mask, you'd be like Super Hulk, you'd be like even stronger. You would think. Oh, okay. So that's why when they like kind of took it apart, he was like, "Now I'm so weak." I'm like, "What? The morphine's actually working now? It's making it makes you go down, not up." So, so yes, yeah, so his cut, and then the whole Marion Cotillard reveal, where I was like, "All right, whatever," even though that the guys in the whole kind of. Could have told me that when well, I was down there. Right, but I think I, I you and I part company in that because I thought that was actually a cool reveal. Yeah. I do. Okay. It was a good twist. Um, Mainly because I guessed it. But the, <laughs> anyway, the huge thought at the end of the movie, besides it being really confusing and convoluted and 20 things going on at once, is I think the ending totally betrays the character arc that's been foreshadowed throughout the whole trilogy of Bruce Wayne. Where he's supposed to die. Like, oh. Oop. Aww. <laughs> he was supposed to die. Tell me more. He was supposed to die. He, he was supposed to ride off in the sunset with this atomic bomb. It was supposed to explode. And somehow the whole city shouldn't die of radiation poisoning. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, are they not worried about being really close? To- <laughs> we were worried about what happened after the earthquake in Japan, in California. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> anyway, uh, the fact that it, they had the whole reveal where he's in, was it Paris? Mike my, my King looks over Europe. and he, he's hanging out with Catwoman. And I'm like, dude, she screwed you over twice and now you're hanging out with her? Like, this is your, like, uh, I don't know. I, 
of course, everyone I'm probably thought of Inception, where I'm like, is this a dream? Is yeah. he alive? Yeah. Is his Batman throwing star, is it spinning? Yeah. Is it spinning? Anyway. It's <laughs> token. I think he should have died and just kept dead. Well, you know, Warner Brothers couldn't allow that to happen. Well, it's supposed to be the final, like, the end of the trilogy, like, the final yeah, nail in the coffin. it's the end of the Nolan trilogy. It doesn't mean that they're not going to get a new director and go a new direction in the next couple of years and, like, add on some movies, because they're profitable. I agree with you on an artistic level. I, I, just, s- I assume they'll just reboot and restart with a whole new thing. Think, don't you think it'd be too soon? Well, it depends on how you think too soon. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man just did the same thing. Yeah, I agree, and I thought that was too soon. Anyway... Blah, blah. I feel so sorry for you. It's okay. Like, I was at least able to enjoy it because I don't have a big, you know, basis for judgment. And although I found it convoluted, confusing, and very Jenko-like, it had its good points and overall was entertaining. Well, I get... And I, did, I, I didn't read any reviews. Like, I tried to stay away from any, you know, people talking about it. But I did, did hear a lot of people... Like, we saw those trailers where it was like, a masterpiece. Right. And then those people were like, it's the best of the three. And I was like, oh, no, it's man. Not. It's definitely not the best of the three. Yeah, don't bill it as something that it's not. Which, it, it almost feels like they, they tried to take what they thought worked from The Dark Knight and then what they thought worked from Batman Begins and put it in one movie and then make it longer and even more twisted. And it didn't work. It was too much. It didn't work. I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan. Normally you're great. And like I said, I didn't hate it. Obviously, didn't love it. Kind of in the middle about it. So, what's your grade about it? <sighs> Probably like a CC plus somewhere. Wow! So that places it firmly in third place. In- like I said, I, I didn't think it was. I think it was the worst of the three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'd have to see it again to decide whether I prefer Batman Begins over this. Yeah. I don't know. But for now, it's like, for me, it's like The Dark Knight and then the other two. I need some space. I don't know when I'll have to revisit again. Would you ever consider, like, reading the script? Maybe the script is better. No. I think the script is the main problem with it. Sometimes, though, a good script can just be, it fails in execution because there's so much going on. I mean, like I said, it's about the same length as the, The Dark Knight. But The Dark Knight had... So many things going. I will say Titanic felt shorter than this movie. Huh? Titanic felt shorter than this movie. And it's a longer movie. <sighs> Sorry, Dustin. It's okay, guys. I'll get over it. You'll be okay? Yeah. All right. Well, what are you looking forward to that we can spoil for you next? <laughs> um, Man, I'm just looking forward to the arrival of... Uh, it's a little Brooklyn there. Aw, baby. Yep. Oh, DeBaby. DeBaby did not like the gunfire, I will say that. That's Brooklyn's review of this movie. She was in my belly being like, la di da la What the was that? <laughs> like, every time there were shots, she's kicking there was, me. There was a lot of gunfire. Yeah. And, and the score, man. The score in this movie's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 And I was like, holy crap. Lanzima. I just pooped in my pants. And she hopefully did not poop in my belly. That would be bad. That's bad for them. They can't do that. Anyway. Well, they can't, but it's bad. Let's jet. Like the jet in the beginning? Is there a bigger jet above us that's going to rip our jet apart? Let's let's ring up the travel agents in the hole. <laughs> the, the Lazarus pit. The Lazarus 
pit. Uh, oh, Jenga. It's been fun. Check us out on Twitter. Justin Winters, Chris Winters on Facebook. And um, hopefully we will have an episode next week. Here's what we plan on doing. <laughs> Big reveal. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have an episode, like a n- new episode next week. But our plan is to... Our plan is to have a baby in a week. <laughs> plan is to have a couple episodes in the can because we're obviously going to be um, busy. If you hear an episode that has something to do with Footloose, we recorded that back in our old apartment like a year and a half ago. The Lost episode. It was the Lost episode because we recorded it three times because our laptop kept dying and somehow uh, a cached version was saved. Part of it. Part of it. Lived on. It did. So if you hear Footloose in the next couple weeks, that means we had the kid. Well, not if. You will. I guess because we will have the kid. It's just a matter of time. Anyway. But hopefully we'll get back on the some kind of routine. <laughs> it's hard to tell, man. People say your life's going to totally change. So it's like... All right, we'll All see. Right. We'll see how it goes. And I love people say it like either like it's going to change in the best way possible, all capital letters. Like this is the best thing that will ever happen to you ever in your life ever. And then or, those are like your life is over. Your life is over. You like sleep? Too bad. You like going out? Sucka. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. You're gonna wither away like Bruce Wayne. Hope you like years. vomit and poop on you. <laughs> like wow. Oh well. Uh, Anyway. <laughs> We're excited. High five. High five. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Hope you uh, enjoyed it a little bit more than we did. I hope that you were able to make sense of this podcast. Yeah, like, if you really want to <laughs> explain it to us. Or explain us to us, because we know that we didn't make a whole lot of sense in the beginning. Themes. <laughs> Momentum. Themes with a capital P. Cool. <laughs> All right. Okay. Peace out. Peace out.